If you're tuning in today, we will be discussing Steve Bartlett's book, Happy Sexy Millionaire. We are going to be talking about... Uh, I messed up. I said talking about instead of taking out. Let me start that again. Hello and welcome to the Needle Movers podcast. If you're tuning in today, we will be discussing... Discussing? Jesus Christ. Clap quick. <laughs> it's my... It's my speech. Uh, take three. Take three. It's not even a thing. Hello and welcome to the Needle Movers podcast. If you're tuning in today, we will be discussing Steve Bartlett's book, Happy Sexy Millionaire. We are going to be taking out Ooh. and discussing. <laughs> it's a it's a fun title, I guess, but it's very <laughs> very extreme response from yourself there. I guess you're a fan. But yeah, we're going to be discussing two key principles from our perspective. So Principle one is how to be the best in the world at something by being the best in nothing. And then two is a framework for quitting. So just a quick reminder, if you're listening to us and enjoy our content, make sure to hit the follow button. It's the one action where you can directly help us spread visibility and reach. So at this point, you may be wondering, who is Steve Bartlett? Most of you may recognize the name from him being part of uh, Dragon's Den on the BBC TV program. But Steve is much more widely known for being a British entrepreneur from Botswana, uh, who is also a speaker and an author. He is a founder and former CEO of Social Chain, which is a social media marketing agency, which started off in 2014 with a team of five people. Social chain grew out of proportion, became very big, very successful, very powerful, and has got offices all around Europe. In addition to the success of the company, Steve has one of the most successful podcasts out there at the moment. So that's titled The Diary of a CEO. And of course, he's also an author, and that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be discussing, as Mark said, Happy Sexy Millionaire, the unexpected truths about fulfillment, love, and success. In the book, Steve explores his personal journey to success and offers insight and advice on how to live a more fulfilling life. Let's get started. So topic one, like I mentioned in the introduction, how to be the best in the world at something by being the best in nothing. This is all about still stacking. Still stacking is a concept from Steve Bartlett's book, Happy Sexy Millionaire, which suggests that instead of focusing on one specific skill, we can stack multiple skills together. This approach helps us stand out in crowded job markets or personal endeavors. We don't need to be the best at any one thing, but rather we can become excellent by combining multiple skills. This means identifying the skills we already have and developing new ones that complement and enhance our existing skill set. Combining seemingly unrelated skills can create new opportunities and perspectives. What I really liked about the particular section of the book is the fact that he was talking about his personal experience. And uh, I mean, he's got a wildly successful company. He's done really well for himself. And the fact that he pointed out that he could have been the top marketer in the whole world, but that would have lasted for 
probably a whole 10 seconds because because there's always going to be someone that can learn the technical skills that can become that sort of 1% in that one particular area. And that's when he points out that that's not what you need to do. As a matter of fact, that's what he hasn't done. What he's done is become the top 10% in marketing, top 10% at uh, speaking, top 10% at something else. But it's when you add those skills together that you become the 1% in a topic which is quite niche and can really make you stand out. It's kind of funny. So just as an example... Yeah, go on. I was just going to say, it's kind of funny because when you think about how to build habits, we already mentioned habit stacking, but thinking about skill stacking and then using that same, I guess, well, similar activity to then uh, exponential, yeah, explode the results in a a sense where it comes to, I'm okay at this or I'm good. And it's not like he said, I was average at these things. Top 10% is a high number (laughs) to be in. But he said, I am really good at these things. But if I combine and make them complement each other, boom, the results are, well, look at him now. <laughs> Happy, sexy millionaire. <laughs> and uh, in a way, let's, let's look at, at an example, right? So let's say someone is interested in starting their own business, maybe, I don't know, selling homemade jewelry. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there is a lot of millennials out there that like to do things from home and just like to start entrepreneurial journeys. So instead of just focusing on the skill of jewelry making, what one could do is also develop skills in branding, digital marketing, maybe customer service. But it's by the combination of those skills that you create a unique brand, a unique market, and a unique way of uh, proposing your products more effectively. And additionally, by doing all of this and stacking the skills such as, I don't know, photography, graphic design, uh, social media management, you end up creating visually appealing content that can really engage with your target audience. So it's when you put all of this together that you can see how certain product makers or certain entrepreneurs ended up doing really well is because they've stacked all those skills, they've stacked all those competences and they've made themselves outshine in comparison to others. I think um, when you look up Steve Bartlett, he comes up as a, I think it's a motivational speaker or so, like because of the fact that he, he if you look at his LinkedIn, you'll see a number of frameworks or uh, suggestions he gives people and it kind of is very motivational. But if you yourself was taken, for instance, another example, someone who wants to be more of a public speaker, and wanted to utilize skill stacking to do so, uh, instead of solely focusing on developing, say, their public speaking skills, they could also stack uh, complementary skills such as, say, storytelling, writing, and humor, which you might not think might uh, be key to being a public speaker. But this could create an engaging and memorable uh, presentation that they use, and that stands out from the others in their field. Good storytelling makes some presentations compelling while writing skills in, would also help them structure the content and deliver the message more effectively. And then humor <laughs> would uh, add a unique touch and help connect with the audience. So developing the stack and stacking these skills would lead to more success and fulfillment in public speaking for that person in their whole career, uh, as well as for anyone who would choose to utilize and take this up. I have a question for you, Val. Since you've read this book, have you noticed where you already skill stacked? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's funny because I, I had like one more section to cover. I was going to ask you the same question. 
Um, <laughs> so interestingly, I have been doing this a lot and not even realized that I was doing. Um, so I work in a field, uh, which is within operations. And as a consequence of working in operations, you mean you need access to data, being able to understand data, but also understand how the changes that you make in a particular environment have an effect on your operations. So as a consequence of that, um, what I, I hadn't realized that I was doing ever since graduating was uh, building a lot of competency in using various different types of tools to be able to do data analysis. And uh, together with that, I also built skills around project management because of the roles I've been in since graduating. And on top of that, I've also developed uh, knowledge on uh, change management. And when you look at all those skills individually, they don't place me in the 1% anywhere. So I am not the best at, uh, at data analysis. I am not the best at change management. I am not the best at project management and so on and so forth. However, when you combine the skills together, they come together very, very nicely. And this has really helped me in some of the roles that I've had in the last two or three years, mm. because it's, it's almost like shown me to be somewhat of a unicorn, especially like in uh, some spe- specific projects that, uh, that I was doing at, at work. Um, the one I could, uh, I can really think of that jumps at me right now is, um, this large, construction expansion that uh, we were doing in the warehouse and because of all these uh the skills that i had in terms of being able to present visually really well and be able to analyze data and make decisions from data and because of my stakeholder management it all came together in this one particular project and i was really able to stand out and uh, and deliver something that was really good um so yes retrospectively i've not been doing it a lot but i think going forward i will be doing a lot more consciously because i think this skill is like the knowledge around what you can do with those skill stacking is quite incredible in some way I was going to say, so knowing it retrospectively is one thing to see, oh, where did I use it to my advantage? But I think also um, taking it and then proactively, consciously deciding to do it is going to, is like a game changer in it of itself, because I'm sure a number of people do it. And uh, I guess for the audience listening or watching, uh, have a look and see where you retrospectively think you've done it. And please share with us where you think you'll do it going forward. And what what I really liked about uh, this book is that uh, he highlights probably one of the most famous examples of a uh, skill stacking that uh, until you pointed out that it's skill stacking, you don't think about it. But if you look at uh, Steve Jobs and the reality that Steve Jobs had taken one class about calligraphy in college before he dropped yeah. out of this and had working understanding of calligraphy, he used that skill together with uh, making an operating system that was visually much more pleasant and beautiful than uh, than Windows was at the time. And as a matter of fact, I think it's because of Steve Jobs that we now have hundreds or thousands of different fonts because before the coming of Apple and the Macintosh, there was only one set of fonts. But it's because of the skill stacking and the visual understanding, the comprehension about what calligraphy does and what design does, that we ended up with, a, I guess, a competitor to the Windows standard PC that uh, ended up having a market of its own in a way. 
I feel like this is full circle because I swear our first episode we kept talking about Apple and somehow <laughs> it keeps sneaking back in. <laughs> I, I, had, I had to come back in. You know, you have to go back and talk about That's Apple and your habits. <laughs> They're just they're such great examples, I swear. So on to topic two. Let's talk about the framework for quitting. Steve Bartlett also describes a tool that can help with making big decisions in life in the form of a framework called QUIT. Q-U-I-T, the QUIT framework, which consists of four steps. One, question. Two, understand. Three, identify. And four, take action. And what Mark and I are going to do is we're going to go through every single letter let's call it, <laughs> topic, and uh, provide a definition, but also an example just to place everything in context. So starting off with the first element, which is question, the very first step is to question your current situation and ask yourself if it's truly what you want. This involves reflecting on your goals, values, and priorities and determining whether your current path aligns with mm. them. If not, it's probably an indication that it's time to consider quitting. And a good example of this, and the example that we're going to be using for the rest of uh, this uh, particular section is about the software engineers working in a tech company. These software engineers may start questioning whether their job is truly fulfilling and they feel unchallenged, maybe uninspired by their work and wonder if they are in the right career. And let's be honest, right? There is a lot of millennials, a lot of Gen Zs currently entering the workplace, maybe facing similar questions, wondering whether they are in the right place. I think it's, so one thing I think is key is that it's not just about work, but in this example, we'll follow through because you might be in any big decision period of your life where quitting is a option to go through. So the next step that for our, um, example say the software engineer would take is to understand so the second step is to understand the potential consequences of your decisions carefully weighing up both the positives and negatives uh, this involves evaluating potential risks and rewards of quitting and then determining whether they are worth it so this also involves say understanding the impact quitting may have on your personal and professional life so if we could look back to that um, software engineer they're in the stage where they're now considering the consequences of quitting. The reality is kind of hitting them. They understand that quitting could mean mm. a loss of stability, income, benefits. At this point, they could look at the savings they already have and calculate how long they can keep going without, without a regular income. However, they also understand that quitting could lead to new opportunities, personal growth and increased job satisfaction. I saw a nice bar chart that represented this, funnily enough, on uh, Steve... Uh, on Bartlett's um, LinkedIn. And on it, it showed the value by staying in something that was good, right for you. And then a huge, like triple the size bar, which showed the value of leaving something that was bad for you. <laughs> and it's like, if you weigh it up, right. at this point, you see, yeah, <laughs> it's a nice image where it shows, oh, actually, there is benefits to staying something that's good. But if you leave something that was bad for you, there is a huge benefit there and that's where the understanding i guess is where you weigh up and see which one are you on or if you're in that i guess um spectrum 
And in terms of the third element of this is identify. And the third step is to identify your options and determine what your next steps will be. So this could involve considering alternative paths and opportunities, or maybe determining which one, which ones best align with your goals and values. Now back to the software engineer quest. The software engineer at this point, point identifies their options and determines what are the next steps in, uh, in his future or her future. They consider alternative careers and research jobs openings in the fields. Uh, and they look for things that align better with their goals and values. So that means that potentially the job may be the same. However, the company, what the company uh, does, the work-life balance may be a better fit for their values. So they also think about pursuing additional education or training to prepare for this new career. Mm. This will bring us to that final fourth step which is to take action and make a decision. So you can't just think, identify and stop, which I think a lot of us do <laughs> and go into a cycle of, man, I want to leave, but I'm going to stay, but I want to leave. In this case, you actually need to take the action. So this involves committing to your decision, embracing the change and having faith in this decision while taking steps to move forward. So like I mentioned earlier, it may involve leaving a job, starting a new business, leaving a relationship or pursuing a new passion. I know that if you think about it, usually in the first year of university, a lot of people take this action, right? <laughs> They'll have done something, weighed up the pros and cons of staying in it, and then chosen to uh, leave. And so this is the point. And one thing I think that is highlighted is they embraced it, they had faith in it, they committed to the decision alongside taking the action. So it's not what I uh, must admit I am guilty of doing, looking back and saying, was this the right choice? <laughs> and I think it's easy to do this a lot, but it, take that software engineer to the final point in their decision. So if this software engineer takes action, makes the decision and commits to their decision, they decide to quit their job. And here they, they then, by taking action, continue to take action through enrolling in, say, a coding boot camp to learn new skills and prepare for a career in web development. They also start networking with professionals in the field and attending industry events to gain more knowledge and make connections. Not only have they taken the action, they've committed to it, and they are doing all things to basically uh, commit to their decision, which is kind of funny. It reminds me of an Amazon principle about disagree and commit, but in this time, it's you've agreed to do what you're doing. You've taken action on it, and you commit to it wholeheartedly um, without letting it slow you down and, I guess, lingering by looking back. I mean, it's interesting in a way, this principle, because as, as millenn millennials are known as the career hopping generation in a way. And I know that from my perspective, I have worked now for three different companies, probably four or five different kind of roles in a way. And you, Mark, probably similar, like three different jobs, uh, di three different companies and probably roles. <laughs> four or five different roles. And I, I, I think. Every time, at least speak from my experience, every time I'm at that crossroad where I'm making a choice as to whether I go left or right, or, you know, stay in a company, leave the company, stay in the job and try to get a promotion or change the job altogether. There is always that, uh, the fear that comes around of, uh, you know, what if I make this change and, uh, I end up more miserable? Mm. Um, 
And I, I don't know. I, I never find myself asking, oh, what if I stay in this job? And what if I continue being miserable for the rest of my life? Well, I, I always... I always fear that uh, the new job or the new adventure is going to be perhaps worse than uh, than my current one. And I think what this framework is helpful is that it gives you a systematic way of going through the sort of chain of thoughts around, okay, what's your current situation? How do things really look realistically? Uh, what happens if you take action? And I quite like how it's done in, a, in this uh, sequential way. It kind of gives you, well, since it's a framework, it's a framework. I'd love to say a formula for making big decisions because typically you're just told to think on it, do it. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's kind of nice to have sleep on it. Yeah. Sleep <laughs> on it. And it's like, Oh, should I do this? What is the next steps? What am I supposed to do? And, um, this providing that, like you said, a step by step guidance of check this. So question everything, understand identify something and then take the action take that leap like i say it avoids the cycle and i think i really do think um maybe we miss parts <laughs> like you might be going through it but you might miss something and you might take action and then find out later you know there's always a part that is easy to miss so here you're able to which we try and i guess highlight in our episodes is like find things put it on a, a make it visible make it something tangible and then you can do that with it and so when you're thinking of another decision you get to check and it's kind of funny because I, I scale it way down to like say exercise or dieting or something or you know where you're like I need to go gym hmm. should I go <laughs> I understand if I don't go I'm gonna fail my goals I understand that if I do go I can do x y and z and then you can like utilize it uh, in any scale really it's but it's mainly for like it's a big decisions it's just kind of interesting and curious which is kind of funny when we think about it this whole episode is just touching on two of the principles in the book so please like we always say give it a read uh, or listen to future episodes i'm sure we'll touch on more no it's uh i i think you're right to mention that uh i, I enjoyed it i probably finished over uh, a couple of days because because i got really got into it he's a great speaker it's uh it's great content and there is only two elements that uh that we look into but as you say at the very beginning i know that our example was very let's call it like job specific but this is about a principle that can help you evaluate quitting and that quitting element can can be in anything really it can be quitting your relationship it could be quitting your job it could be quitting uh a, a particular thing that you are involved in and um and this is very much what uh what Bartlett emphasizes that quitting is not always a negative thing mm. and that it can be necessary um sometimes and um it can be necessary in order to achieve success but also happiness however it's important to have an approach whilst quitting uh, and you need to have an approach which is thoughtful and intentional because if you don't do it intentionally and thoughtful uh, and in a thoughtful way then you end up perhaps making decisions that you end up regretting so that's why uh, that's why the quit framework becomes uh, a way of making well-informed decisions and by questioning, understanding, and identifying and taking actions, individuals such as yourselves uh, or ourselves for that matter can quit with purpose and move forward towards their goals and uh, towards our dreams. I, th I think one thing to add, I know that I did say it's a formula in my mind, but it, it's to remember that uh, the quit framework isn't 
specifically a magic formula and there are no guarantees of success <laughs> so please don't use it and be like wait how did i end up homeless that is nothing to do but it can help you <laughs> so when you're approaching big decisions this is, this is not financial advice this is not career advice <laughs> <laughs> exactly but yeah it can help you okay. when approaching say big decisions with clarity and more confidence and it can also help set you on a path towards a happier i guess sexier and more fulfilling life. So it's just using it, uh, having it, another tool that we equip you with under your belt. We should just be called the tool equippers because all we do is provide tools and say, hey, your arsenal should look like Batman at this point with the amount of <laughs> useful gadgets and, and I guess frameworks that are being provided. But yeah, it's just another one in the arsenal that you can hold on to and utilize when making big decisions and let it guide you. By the way, I'm I'm not sure if you remember the uh, the context of uh, of the title, uh, but when uh, Steve was younger, uh, he thought that the key to happiness was to have success and to be sexy. And if you had those uh, those two elements of having money and uh, looking sexy, maybe with a six pack, then you would have ended up in a position where uh, you would have been happy and satisfied with your life. But as it happens, once he achieved success and once he achieved uh, um, perhaps being in a better physical condition, it turns out that uh, the two elements were not related to his happiness. So th definitely a lot more to explore in this book, but uh, I hope we're giving you enough to make you curious and uh, and pick it up. If you want to hear more about the book, let us know. And we might just do more because I know what each stage, happy and sexy and millionaire means. But that's not for this episode. <laughs> you can either read the book or listen to our future episode. But yeah, like Valerio said, we hope you have enjoyed this episode. If you have a suggestion for a book we should cover or read, please reach out. If you want to hear more of this topic, please reach out. If you didn't like this topic, keep it to yourself. We always love to hear what our audience is listening to yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah give us a follow and leave a review if you if you have liked what you heard and that will ensure we keep writing content that is relevant and useful to yourselves uh as always i have been your host mark jasons and the co-host valeria tomaso and as always till next time adios mm -hmm.